Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Fosse Verdon. This week, we're going to talk all about Nicole and where she is now. We're going to talk about her creation and what her parents had to go through to have her. We're also going to talk all about the play Chicago. Are you ready? A five, six, seven, eight. You're tuned in to After Buzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Fossey Vernon. Thank you again for joining us this week. This is the penultimate. We got one more. I know. Want to go? Almost done. But it's so good now. I know. Every week it just <laughs> keeps getting better and better. I love this show so much. I'm so sad that it's ending soon. Um, but we are still talking about this show that is happening currently, and so it's not over just yet. And we can still have two weeks worth of talking to go. Um, I think Kim, your thing is on a little. If you want to just mute that. Uh, and sure. speaking of Kim, I have my two coats with me. Kim over here is our. Chicago expert of Fichiante. Oh, wow. Huge honor. Thank you. Yeah, tonight I was so excited. I'm like dancing in my seat, watching, singing. I hope no one heard me, actually. Uh, so excited. <laughs> Love this so much. It's just getting better and better and better and better and better and better. One more. Better. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Nailed it. And right next to Kim, we have Miss Amy Maestri. She is our resident musical lover, but also our fact checker on everything that's Ooh. happening in this episode. Yeah, I mean, if they were wrong, I will find them and murder them for everyone. Oh, so. she, wow, wait a second. Awkward. <laughs> I would just thought about taken. I will find you. Oh, no, yeah, right. No, yeah, I just, I just look at facts. That's there it. we go. I just look at them. Um, and I am your host, Brianna Phipps. I love Bob Fosse. I followed uh, Chicago was my favorite musical growing up. So, and not Chicago, Cabaret, and I also I love Chicago. Say. Yeah, both C's, okay. Yes, it's and yes. Um, Already, so Chicago. so I loved this episode as well. I loved you know having Liza, even though we didn't get to see her. She basically made a return. <laughs> she did. <laughs> uh, but we're going to talk all about that. We're going to talk about. Like I said, Nicole, this recital that she had, what happened with her parents, not really paying attention. We're going to also talk about what they went through to actually have her and the difficulties with all of that. We're going to get into Chicago, Gwen's polyps as well, and everything going along with that, as well as our Fosse Fun Facts brought to us by Amy. Kim's got some great news and gossip, I'm sure, for us. Indeed. And I've got the chat going on here, too. And she's in the chat, so if you're with us, go ahead and chat along with her, and she will shout you out. We also have our predictions coming up at the end of the episode, so you're going to want to stay tuned. But first of all, what was your overall thoughts on this episode? I'll go. Okay. <laughs> um, I think I was very, I was kind of anticipating this episode all season. I really was waiting. I mean, they had so much buildup to like all the talk of like Gwen looking to toward Chicago and all the work that she put into it. And it, I mean, for me, it paid off. Like, they did such a good buildup throughout the season. And I feel like they did a really good balance of giving us just enough of, like, the rehearsals and getting to see them do the, you know, get into these characters and these songs that everyone knows and loves so much, while also still getting so heavy into, like, 
Gwen and Bob's dynamic right now that it, this was I really really enjoyed this episode yeah I think for sure this was the most riveting um, episode ever with some, just so much going on as well real meaty pieces like everything was strong and interesting and um, just to have such a talented production team putting this on as well like only thespians truly get this and the juxtaposition of Gwen with the top hat and doing the mm. Chicago look like it was just fabulous and I only think you know like Lin-Manuel etc you can tell there's that driving force of theatre behind it which is just perfect thank goodness they did it this way that's great <laughs> yeah I really did love this episode as well I loved the little behind the scenes things we got of Gwen being the MC, yeah. as well as uh, the little musical numbers we got I loved Razzle Dazzle yeah mm-hmm. uh and it just, it made me kind of sad, though, for the cabaret part, because cabaret is my favorite. Like, I wish we had something along those lines happening when they did cabaret. That's because Chicago's the bit of show, darling. Oh, I, I don't know if I have the best seat to be in between you guys during this episode right now. <laughs> Bring it. <laughs> no, I mean, I just I just would, would have loved to, like, had spent a little bit more time on Cabaret. Like, I yeah. wish it was almost, like, ten episodes so we could have had that little extra time with that mm-hmm. one. Because I felt that one we got thrust into in the beginning of the show and we did, it was quickly ended. Like, I'm mm-hmm. still waiting for the scene of her showing up with the monkey mask. Yeah, true. <laughs> like, what did she see? We never got <laughs> yeah. it. But maybe we'll, get it. maybe we'll get it next week. Maybe Predictions. we'll jump back. There we go. Why <laughs> one other just, like, randomly? Here's randomly an old cabaret back. flashback. Probably not. <laughs> but, um, but let's start off with this episode about Nicole. Because Nicole did play a heavy part in this episode, mm-hmm. whether it be with the pregnancy issues or with what's happening with her now. But with what is what happening with her now is that she's in this recital. Um, and I know what the backstory of it is, is that... Anne got her into ballet. So, and Anne's not able to make the performance that night, but Gwen mm. and Bob basically aren't able to make the performance because they're too busy talking to each other and fighting over the finale ending <sighs> of Chicago to be this able to pay attention to their daughter. So wrong on so many levels. Apart from the obvious, one of the most frustrating things when you go to the theater are people in front of you talking. You just want to slap them around the heads. Like, seriously, <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't get that way earlier. So that's frustrating in itself. But poor Nicole. I mean, obviously, you can see her performing. And we all know from stage, despite the lights in our faces, you can still see audience members at times. Especially when you're looking for a specific one. Exactly. Yeah. And it didn't look super dark in that auditorium either. Um, but, yeah, to see your parents there completely not engaging at all must have felt absolute crap. So I felt so sorry for her. But Ron's there, cheering on. I like him more and more each episode. He seems like a real grounded sweetheart who's really truly there for others rather than themselves. So I thought that was interesting to see him. Yeah, I think seeing him, especially too in that scene afterwards when they get back, and he's still encouraging her, and Gwen's just like, don't don't do that, that's mean. Yeah. (laughs) However, yes, I get that Like he's being nice and kind, but there's also, I get what Gwen was saying insofar as don't, I mean, what's the balance when you've got kids? I don't know, because I don't have I them. I think the balance no. is maybe you can say that if you actually were supportive, but you're zero supportive, so he has to amp his game up. Interesting, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think he was definitely overcompensating in that, just because, I mean, even the whole time when Bob and, and Gwen were fighting, he was just kind of glancing at them like he was realizing that he was going to have to step up. So, yeah, it's that in-between of, like, no, you don't have to tell them that they're going to win, like, a yeah. Tony by the time they're... Also, but like, you don't have to do it in front of her. Yeah. Like, if you're going to say those things, like, maybe pull him aside and be like, I just don't want you to get our hopes up. It's a really hard world. Like, it wasn't, it didn't feel that way. It wasn't didn't it feel... whispered, though? Yeah. Wasn't she like, 
you know, didn't say that. Right? No, she just flat out said it, I felt. Oh, yeah, and I feel like, I get it, like, someone who's in show business, who knows that it's not easy, yeah. who knows it's not just like, oh, yeah, you're kind of good at something, you'll be a star, like... Yeah. She's. It's a protective mom thing, but it's also like there was a better way to say it. Exactly, the way she said it. Yeah, and the way it came across to Nicole, definitely. I think. Yeah, poor girl. I mean, yeah, no. she wasn't. I mean, if you looked at her dancing on purpose, she wasn't very technically very good. Particularly <laughs> yeah. the late, where she's like. Ugh. I so. mean, and we know that she doesn't necessarily have the longest best career. I can add a little bit more into it when we get to the Fosse fun facts because I did look up Nicole and her career. Um, and as far as dancing goes, she doesn't. She wasn't necessarily going on to become the world's greatest dancer. No, but which you like know, what? It's still what your a daughter. bummer! Yes, <laughs> well, you could, you Fosse Verdon's child, or, or and what? Yeah, it's like or Gwen instead of saying that could like be like, let me help you with your technique mm. as somebody that's a dancer. Mm. Like, but I don't know. It just or unless she um, felt that she just. I mean, sometimes you've innately got it, or you don't. Maybe she felt that this was a lost cause, and maybe it's not her main forte. With the, with mm. the jumping back and forth between the past and now, it's like it just felt like you tried so hard to have this girl to have a child that it feels like you don't even care about anymore. Not that yeah. they don't care about her, but it's just like that's how it came across this episode. Is that she was the last thing I in know. their mind? It's just so interesting as as it goes on. They just seem more and more self absorbed, don't they? like true artists like when they're so like just in their own world it's all ego etc so poor Nicole poor Nicole yeah I she think needs a cuddle they are really she does need a cuddle needs everyone like, needs a cuddle although sometimes. I did love Ron calling Gwen out like when she's like well I we need I need to be back in the show later on um because I royalties for Nicole are gonna help her yeah. he goes Nicole's fine yeah he like called her out. like you're not don't act like you're doing this for Nicole that was such an ego moment, yeah, because it's like, you're already one of the best Broadway dancers of all time. You're, you know, her dad is already, you know, a renowned choreographer, director. You're both winning. Like, I think she's going to be okay. Yes, sure. If you got royalties for Chicago for years to come, be more than okay. But, like, but she's also I, not I think she's doing right all now. right right now, yeah. Mm. But then, you know, we jump back and we see kind of, Everything that they had to do to have her, which I think then adds to the more of a surprise of like them not being more involved with her life, because it wasn't an easy go. We see that the very beginning of the episode, she just threw chucking things at Bob because he cheated oh, that on was her. Amazing. And then right after he proposes and says, "I want to have a baby," I wanted to actually kill him right then. What an a hole! Like seriously, <laughs> oh, I want to kill him. Ah. Oh. I still don't like where I'm sitting right now. <laughs> I'm still feeling very unsettled. That makes my blood boil. <laughs> what an ass. Talk about selfish. He's just gone off and cheated with her. She's so upset and he knows the things that she wants is family and love and all that sort of stuff. Any guy, I'm going to look in the camera, any guy that does that to a woman and gets her while she's down, oh, watch out. You ass. Um, I can't believe it. She's sitting there crying. He's cheating on her and, oh, I want to marry you and put a ring on your finger. I want to have a baby. But it is so, <laughs> but it is so true to, like, life. Like, that's how it goes when no! someone cheats. No, yeah. I'm saying when someone cheats, that's what they do, though. They, like, overcompensate. Yeah. And then later on, when he, she find, he, they find out that she is pregnant, then he has, this is so typical of a cheater, then he has the nerve to say to her, oh, is it really mine? Like, have you been sleeping around on me? But And we'll get there in a second. Sorry. But um, yeah. before that, they go and they find out they're trying to get pregnant. And 
Gwen's, you know, she's assuming it's her fault that they can't. Yeah. She's like, oh, I know I'm not the tr- like, I'm a little older than most mothers. Mm-hmm. Um, and the doctor, who's also a huge Gwen Burton fan, fan, yeah. Um, <laughs> He says, actually, it's not your fault. It's Mr. Fossey has some slow swimmers, basically. They're not very strong. That has got to be gut-wrenching to a male, though, isn't it? That's I think be the worst. slow swimmers. I think it's like a double for him because, like, oh, he totally. wants to be the star and he's, like, not being recognized. Absolutely. People, he's, like, he's like, I'm also this, this, and this. Like, and it's like, oh. That's when. an ongoing this, theme for him, though, isn't it? Yeah, this Constantly. show has done such a good job with, like, ongoing themes. Mm-hmm. Whether it's, like, an arc throughout a couple different episodes or within one episode, to see these themes that they have so strong and, like, that, that promise of the premise in every single episode. Of this mm-hmm. one, it's all about ego from both mm-hmm. of them because, like we said, with, with Gwen and kind of, like, where she's coming from with really sh- wanting Chicago to be her thing but then trying to make it sound like it's about something else. To, yeah, like Bob finding out something like this and it's always that thing that's always been there and it really came to a point of him just yeah he's wanting to be a leading man he's realizing maybe he won't be he's wanting to be a dad he's realizing it's his fault that he can't be like it's all it, it, and they it's, did a really good job of leading to this episode especially in like when we were looking at other episodes when it was always stemming from his childhood when his dad wasn't you know approving of him etc it's been a theme throughout his entire life yeah. never being good enough so no wonder he's got such a selfish drive to be show the world that he is you know yeah. Yeah. and I just want to say really quickly woohoo our chat is going crazy uh, McKenna thanks Jazz41173 Watcher Carter uh, everyone's jumping in here with a whole bunch of stuff they liked Ron he was always a good stepdad uh, you just never know the financial situation of anyone. Watch a Carter. Was that that you're talking about with the royalties from Chicago, mm-hmm. obviously? Um, and Jazz loved it when the doctor called him Mr. Foss. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Mr. Foss. Yeah, we're talking I mean, about like before, a couple of blows to yeah, his ego. Is, and this is before, obviously, like nowadays you say Fossey and anyone, especially anyone in the theater community, is going to know exactly who you're talking mm-hmm. about. But this is, you know, at the be- this is at the beginning of his yeah. career. The, the thing is, is that her career in the middle to the height was the very start of his and the Mm -hmm. end of her career was the height of his so both of them had to go through these blows as we see later on in the episode Mm -hmm. which we will get to as well so you're going to want to stay tuned for all of that Mm -hmm. drama um but she's going through all these procedures and this is you know this is now like it's still a long procedure nowadays to try to have children when it's hard and like the injections and everything and this is the 70s or 60s so it's even more so. But doesn't it, isn't it annoying how it was his slow swimmers, but she's the one that has to deal with the crap. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, Miss <laughs> Verdon, it's going to be painful and injections and stuff going up. Like, why didn't they work that one out earlier and fix the man for a change? It's <laughs> the girl has got to deal with this shit. I don't, I'm not a scientist, I have no idea. It's so funny because even through and through everything, Gwen is kind of always she's there to pick up the pieces. And then now, yeah, like, biologically, she also has to do it too. It's and like it's such a heartbreaking on. thing when she's doing all of this and they're having sex. And, you know, it's. She goes in the bathroom and she's like, I got my period. And she says, I'm sorry. Yeah. When like, it's, it's not her fault. So true. And she knows it at that point, too. Like, it's one thing a lot of women, you know, if you don't know yet, if you're just trying and, you know, you don't know what the issue is. But, like, she knows. Wasn't it the perfect resolution, though? And it's just so, um, such a great example to all women out there who are seriously trying to have a kid. You know when you're super trying for something and it's got to happen and you're, like, pushing a rock up a hill versus letting it flow? It just went to show that when they relaxed and they had a nice time and they found out that they were getting an adopted child... 
oh, the love flow freely and then it happened naturally. So I think these days we spend so much money and time and pressure on ourselves, if that was a situation we're in, or our friends do, who so need a child, that all that pressure and stress stress and anxiety that's swirling throughout the body actually makes you infertile. Whereas Mm. if you just relaxed and went with what was meant to be, hopefully eventually it happened. Because I have had a lot of friends, for example, who weren't trying and and obviously it happens and then they're trying and then it doesn't happen and then when they relax... Well, it I think does, the yeah. problem is, is that when you first start, you're not like, it's not like you're like, we're trying really hard, but like when it's not happening, mm-hmm. then you start freaking out. That's when the stress hits. Yeah. yeah and, and, stress. Then, and then you're right though. It is usually like when you calm down, but it is, it's hard to get to that point. It's hard to be like, let me just relax when, especially like, you don't know, like I'm at a certain age or I have this many years left. Who knows how many years maybe mm-hmm. I need to freeze makes like, it's hard to get mm-hmm. to that uh, like relaxed spot to be able to let something naturally flow as well yeah and especially yeah with this all happening like in the 60s when oh yeah different my gosh yeah the the amount of technology and 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 advances but still i mean it's still hard so i mean yeah like for them to have had to go through that to your point brie of like how after all that you're still just kind of like pushing her to the side so often Mm -hmm. after you go that after you have to go through that much to get her yeah and so then they you know decide Let's try the adoption route because this isn't working. Mm-hmm. Where we get the razzle dazzle song, which I love that. because so it good. is. It is for when you try to Perfect. adopt a child or even a pet for that matter. Sometimes you do have to put on this show of like, look at how great our place is. This is going to be perfect mm-hmm. for our child. Look at our look at the tomatoes growing yeah. on the vine. Woo! Yeah. Look at how much. What money better we job make. for Gwen? Like, oh my god! <laughs> um, it's awesome. So yeah, so they put on the razzle dazzle and they get approved for a baby. And right after that, she faints, and they find out she's pregnant. Yeah. It's so great how all those songs of Chicago, obviously, and it just it intertwines so well. I mean, I know it's about his life, etc., but it's just beautiful. The way they pieced it together just made so much sense, and it was just amazing. And we have amazingness happening in our chat as well. Um, so we've got um, Watcher Carter says, I would be so mad if my husband thought she fooled around um, if I got pregnant. Yeah, that's what I was saying earlier. I mean, that's also um, like... An insecurity. So if you're fooling around, you automatically are insecure about your other person because yep. you're like, if I'm doing it, I don't, I don't, I guess that's the thought process. If I'm doing totally. it, she's doing it too. Probably, yeah, because he views it as so kind of nonchalant in his own uh-huh. mind of him being uh-huh. the one doing it. Uh-huh. But then all of a sudden when it's flipped, it's like, oh, no, wait, well, if I'm doing it, she probably is too. But it's wrong if she's doing it now too. I've had so many experiences in that with friends, etc., and myself back in the day where you've got the cheater and then the cheater's always insecure because that's why they cheat to begin with. Yeah. And then they blame and put stuff back on you. It's so common. But through Mr. all of Fossey. that, she ends up having the baby and she has little baby Nicole Providence. Yeah, that was, yeah, that's interesting, huh? That's very cute. Know. And we got a little side of a... Um, now I'm blanking on the name again, but it'll come to me in one second. Oh, the other mom? Bartholomew. Mm-hmm. What's no. her name? No. The mother. Yeah. The one that died. Joan. Joan. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> so like, not Bartholomew, I knew it started Joan. with a J, and Got I was it. like, it starts with a J, and I'm gonna, it's going to come to me randomly. <laughs> Guys, I'm sorry. I'm terrible with names. Like, it's, I will remember an entire movie script or entire um, play when I go see it or every lyric to a song, but when it comes to a name, like, I think we'll forgive head. you. We'll let you off the hook this time, but don't do it <laughs> again. Joan Simon. Yeah, it's just, fine, Sandra. We'll forgive you. <laughs> hey, and just quickly, <laughs> just before we move on, do you mind? Um, I just wanted to say really quickly thank you, everyone, for tuning in, and thank you for allowing us to be the ESPN of TV Talk. If you are watching on YouTube, can you please give us a big thumbs up? And also subscribe would be great. And alternatively, if you're watching on iTunes, if you could give us a six-star rating. 
Yeah, that'd be great too. Uh, so thank you so much for letting us do what we love. We truly love having fun hanging out here. Um, and thank you so much. So share, rate, review the show, and we will very much appreciate you. And if you're in the chat, we're going to, you know, shout you out as well. Cool beans. Yeah. We really do appreciate it, guys. And if you are on iTunes, like, make sure you leave a comment with that five-star review so we can shout you out because we can't see who left the five-star review if you don't leave one. Okay. And we want to we want to thank you. So definitely do that for Neat. I just want to say everyone in the chat is going hard and um, agreeing with me <laughs> and all of us that uh, – <laughs> I'll just take that. That uh, it happens at times when a couple stops worrying about it. Sometimes even to the point of setting up adoption. Yeah, they get pregnant, and then exactly, yeah. So scientifically speaking, um, the very serious documentary Baby Mama, starring Amy Poehler and Tina Fey, I was like, what <laughs> tackles this very subject? Scientific, really biological, scientific look at the it's really study of everything. Sense of scientific documentary there. You're welcome. That's that. hardcore. Um, but let's talk. Sorry about to bring it down. Gwen's other baby, which is Chicago. Oh, they're going to say the son that she had. That sorry. Yeah, oh, she had the son. Too. That was a very <laughs> awkward moment in the. Wasn't it? Office. Oh, but you guys had one pregnancy. That's another possible reason why he was thinking. Oh, who have you been sleeping with? Because when that popped up, he's like, what? <laughs> Anyway, um, no. But uh, no, but Chicago. Her other, her 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 later in life baby, which was yes. Chicago, because yeah. that seemed to be her biggest focus uh, of her career. Yeah, really, totally. Is that she really wanted Chicago? Um, and so we start off with them at their first rehearsal after Bob got out of the hospital in 1975. Uh, and then finding out they took a million dollar insurance policy out as him as director. Yeah. Is that common these days? I mean, sure. yeah. Patty says that it was common to take insurance policies out on the director, and I think, you know, he almost died. They're like, we need insurance. That if I think something... that's a fair call from a business perspective. Yeah. Don't you? yeah. They, need to, they need to have the money to be able to hire somebody else should anything happen. Absolutely. Yeah, because, I mean, that happens in all industries, too. I mean, like, athletes, the amount of, oh, you know, God. like, insurance that they have. I know David Beckham had, like, insurance policies on, like, he like couldn't his... go skiing or, oh, like, yeah, that's certain things like that. So it's like, but also, so you always think, like, like, oh, yeah, like something like that for an athlete makes sense. But it makes the same kind of sense for someone who's a director or choreographer mm-hmm. or someone who's that integral to a project of that magnitude. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you can, you should have that, too. When the investors are putting as much money as they mm-hmm. and they want some insurance. Like, yeah. This will get made. Yeah. Um, so he has a million-dollar insurance policy out. And we, we see that he's very unhappy right now. He's you What know, a he, change. Kind of, I know, right? <laughs> he's always so happy-go-lucky until this exact moment. No. But – He's very unhappy right now. He's unhappy with how everything's going. Um, he's unhappy with how the show's going. He's unhappy with that he can't get any drugs. He's unhappy that they won't <laughs> let him drink or smoke. <laughs> it's a um, raw deal, really, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, his life is... Ugh. No, I'm just kidding. He, pro- he had other hardships in his life. We're not making it seem like he had an easy life. But uh, he's kind of taking it on, on Gwen. Because, like, Patty's right there being like, look at all the stuff Gwen did for you while mm. you recovered. She was loaning out money to these people to make sure that they would stay on the show for you because you were gone for so long and he's like and he basically just throws in the face saying um she just knew no other director would sign up to direct Gwen Verdon as an ingenue oh ouch and then later on says that you know 15 years earlier she could have done it but not now. Yes. Which, I mean, that line was just so heart-wrenching because you know that... She wanted to. She was her. trying, like, after, what was it, 10 years that she struggled to get the rights to it, then she had to do the struggles of convincing Bob to do it and getting the producers to know that Bob was on board. And, I mean, like, this was literally a 15-year-old baby. 
mm-hmm. for her. So when he says like, oh yeah, well you could have done it 15 years ago. And she's like, yeah, I would have loved to do it 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. But it's taken this long to do it. So that was like an especially like heart-wrenching line for me in this yeah. one. But we get, but going back to where we are with the rehearsal process of the show, he's very unhappy with the fact that it's, again, this very bubbly, comedic, over-the-top show. Comedy musical, he musical. said. When you're supposed to be murderers and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah, so he does what Bob Fosse does best and puts a little bit of a, and by a little, I mean a lot, of drama and uh, depression. Yeah. But thank <laughs> goodness he did, because it would not be the show it is today if he hadn't. I mean, he definitely took a lot of risks, and they paid off well. But in that time period, like, people didn't do really over-the-top depressing musicals. Like, yeah, it wasn't I mean, until, like, the 80s, I feel like, where we got... I mean, like, it, maybe, like, stuff. maybe the 70s where it kind of started, but, like, when, you th- when I think of those really dark comedy musicals, I'm thinking of, like, Sweeney Todd and... That's good. Yeah. Uh, Spring Into Awakening. the Woods and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. And those were all 80s. Yeah, because, I mean, Chicago at its core, like, it's why it's good that he put his spin into it, because it is a a darker story with comedic moments. There's comedic relief throughout it, for sure, but it's not... in most musicals. Exactly, yeah. Um, And that's why I love musicals so much, and, like, I really do tend towards these dark... Like, Cabaret is my favorite, but when you look at Cabaret in its original run versus where it is now, the original run was, like, very happy and very, like... All the songs were up, like, the money song was, like... And then yeah. now it's like money, 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 money. Like it's yeah. very slowed down and darkened. And he did that. Yeah. And that makes it a better show. But you, it's just, it wasn't done then. Mm-hmm. The 50s weren't like, 50s and 60s weren't the time to be like, let's just be. Well, it's like depressing. putting on, it's yeah. like keeping up with the Joneses, Joneses and putting a face on for your neighbor kind of thing. It wasn't about real life. And then he it was about taking yourself out of real yeah, life. Putting yourself yeah. together and going out there like they did back in the day. Um, so he's taking it and he's trying to, you know, like you said, he's like, you guys are killers, you're murderers, dance like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get to the scene of both reach for the gun. And it's just clear that Gwen is not the dancer she used mm-hmm. to be. She's older and it's it's not as easy for her. I know. Um, and I wonder if it was like, because I, I, the thing that I noticed the most was that she was in sneakers. And I don't know why I noticed that the most, mm. but it was just everyone else was in character shoes and she was in sneakers. And I was like, are they trying to like comment? Like the jazz shoe, the white one, you mean? Was it a jazz shoe? It, it looked like a jazz. sneaker to me for some reason. But yeah, yeah, the white one. Yeah. Different to everyone else. Yeah, totally. I just, it just drew, drew my eye That's a her. good point. Yeah. Can't handle the heels. Mm-hmm. Well, after a while, dancing in heels after a while, you freaking calves hurt. Yeah. All that good stuff, don't they? <laughs> you know, and her and Foster are having this back and forth and then he concedes and makes it a sit-down puppet show. But, again, amazing, because that makes it. In the show, that's one of my favorite. The, oh, yes, oh, yes, uh, it's so it works so much better being the puppet. So his creative genius, I do not think he was doing that on purpose. I think his higher purpose was that it would actually look better, or he felt sorry for her, but then I it was going to I think he was better. trying to make mm. it look the best it could with her, with and her. he knew that with her he couldn't go all out because she couldn't handle it anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so he was like, okay, so how am I going to make it look the best it can with somebody that can't do the dancing? And it ended up working really well. Yeah. Um, But we're going through this whole thing, and throughout this entire time, like he's going first to his assistant director, and then to Patty, and then eventually a dancer to get drugs. I know. We'll talk about drugs. Listen to this comment. McKenna says, I thought when he was asking the assistant for drugs, it was to pip up Gwen. (laughs) That's a good call. That's very kind. <laughs> but he's not that kind of guy. He's for himself. <laughs> but everybody's saying no except for the dancer. And he, I think he 
knew because she was so scared. Yeah, well, it, it, she like wanted to keep her job. It's yeah. it's such typical like whether it's he's using his power, you know, or yeah. most you know so many times that when this happens, whether it's using the power for sex or for whatever, but like it's still the same thing. I mean, that's so low. Like that's like a principle. Someone who's super high up having to go to a pleb. To ask for a favor, like that's sad on his part. Like he just couldn't get it up here. So okay, last. Patty was yeah. my favorite though, because Patty was just like, yeah, like hell no. And that's when yeah. you know when I mentioned earlier on one of our news and facts about how they had that um, agreement about what yeah. would happen at the funerals and the tap dance versus the four-hour eulogy. So that's obviously they put that in there. So that's cool. But we we get this whole thing because Gwen actually kind of tells them like nobody wants to say anything to you about the show mm. that they're all afraid of you. And they're all afraid of what might happen if they do say anything. So they come to me. And she's like, and we don't have a good ending. Which we saw, you know, during the rehearsal they were fighting about. She goes, the ending doesn't work. It falls flat. We need a better ending. And so she's like, Roxy specifically needs an ending song. And we get Roxy's ending song, which is nowadays. And Bob makes the decision that he's like, I think we need to make this a duet after everybody's just applauding her for singing it. Um, and she's not happy at all. And we get this huge fight between them where she kind of, I thought it was so interesting. That she lashed out at him, threatening, being like, one call from me and you're gone. Yeah. And he, and as we know, like, we know, like, this entire time I'm watching this, being like, I know he doesn't budge because I know it ends up being a duet. Mm. So I'm like, I was kind of like frustrated that we didn't get to see where the cave happened, but we know it did. And he mm-hmm. didn't get fired and... I love, the way. Way. Um, I love the way after she's finished her spiel, he goes, okay, Gwen, so I can see you're taking this quite personally. <laughs> really? <laughs> um, yeah, but I was surprised, and I think it was not very professional, that she does lash out like that in front of everyone else, obviously knowing that they're all there to support her, so that's a bit unfair on her part. Totally get it, though. And I think he had a really good way of actually getting around it. He didn't lash back. He didn't fight back. He just said, well, this, this is what I want to try. This is one of those mm. instances where I'm on Gwen's side, uh, Bob's side. Yeah. Because it was better for the show. Definitely. Yeah, it's one of those. I, I love this scene so much because they really did such a good job, this whole series, of showing you where those conflicts came from and the times that Bob was wrong and that he was selfish or, you know, whatever it was. So you understand where she's coming from in the argument, but you're still just totally. like... It's not valid right now. It's not, you know, this isn't the time to be bringing it up. And also, as we all know, like you said, that, like, it does work better as a duet. It ended up being a duet. And, I, yeah, I'm kind of the same where I'm a little frustrated that we didn't get to see what happened. But I'm also, like, that's kind of a cool choice to just kind of have it end on this, like, power note from Gwen just being, like, here's my dime. And the next thing is, like... And then it's a duo. Yeah. Uh, He gets what he wants again. Which was the best for the show. I don't think that scene Mm. works as well as as a solo because Velma Kelly is... When you watch that show, I feel like more people are on Velma's side than Roxy. So you don't... Definitely. It's one of those things where it's like you want somewhat of a happy ending, but you also kind of don't want a happy ending because these people are terrible people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, But for some reason you still... And maybe it's, maybe it's because I saw the movie first and Catherine Zeta-Jones just did such an amazing job with Velma Kelly. But I was, I like, I'm rooting for her more than Roxy in the show usually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we get the duet and then it's opening night and the two girls, Gwen and Cheetah, get some great reviews, but the show doesn't seem to get the best reviews. Ouch. 
which Bob's taking really hard. So this is like a great parallel that we see because we see Gwen taking something so hard because she wants to still be the star. We see Bob taking it hard because he wants his portion of the show to be great, not the actors. Mm -hmm. And they both are unhappy with each other about it, not with the show or whatever it is. They're unhappy with each other. And Gwen then develops some polyps and she has to go get surgery and she gets replaced by lies in the show. And that's when now the show's getting great reviews. And now it's getting a line out the door. And it's all about ticket sales, let's be honest. If you can't sell the tickets, you can't have a show. And I mean, it's it's just, it's one of those things that, like, what does that do to your psyche when you as the actress are getting great reviews, but the show isn't, and then you're replaced, and then the show starts to get great reviews from that. Because it was that moment that you realize, like, how much he did change to accommodate her. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, like again, this the theme of this episode of of egos kind of battling each other. Yeah, when you're sitting there and you see that of like, oh, literally these changes that he only made for me are now changing the entire review of the show. Whether that was all that changed the review or not, like that's all you're gonna see if if you're Gwen Verdon at this point. And I understand Bob calling her to like because he wanted to get ahead of it. He didn't want her to find out on her own that the times came Mm. because he had promised we're not going to do press like no one's going to know that Liza came in yeah it's just gonna like unless it's word of mouth and that's not the case and I I get that he wanted to like prepare her but I'm also just like she just got out of surgery is this the best Mm -hmm. time and did he did he encourage that surgery to take her out on purpose do you think I don't I I don't think I don't know if he did that on purpose don't you reckon because if you Mm. continue to see with polyps it will ruin your voice I I feel like it's one of those things that's like he did have her best interest, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, it serves a purpose I for me, too. I think it was too. an opportunity. Yeah. An opportunistic moment. It yes. was like, yeah. she needs this, but I'm but I'm also going to try to mm-hmm. find a positive in this for myself. But I don't oh. think he was like, oh, yeah, I can get her out of the show now. Yeah. I don't feel like that was the motivation. Yeah, polyps. Oh, we'll never know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, he always seems like, though, he's always in it for, like, he's very good at placating everyone, but really getting what he wants. Mm. You know, to make himself feel better in all of it. Mm. Yeah. But during this phone call is kind of when we, that's when the whole thing happens of like, did you change the choreography? And he's like, yes, I did. And she's like, you never thought I could hold this thing. And he's like, I thought you could 15 years ago. Mm. Which might be true, but is unfortunately not the case. This yeah. is one of those instances where neither party is completely wrong or completely right. They both were doing things in the wrong, and they both were doing things that were justified. And yeah, that's what makes it hard because it's like you understand Gwen's motivation, and like it's she's not she's not doing what's best for the show; she's doing what's best for her in a lot of Absolutely. this. But you also understand why she's doing that. Yeah. Like that was the one would. thing she mm-hmm. wanted for so long. Just give it to her. It was such a well written episode because so often you found yourself just going like, "Oh yeah, I understand what they're saying," but. And then you go back to the other side and go, oh, yeah, I understand why they're doing this. But, like, like, and that's, like, when you know it's good writing, when you're going back and forth like that the whole when time. When you can't, like, neither party is completely vilified and neither party is completely innocent. Yeah. And it's, like, you want to hate one person, you can't. Because mm. they're both right. Yeah, exactly. Because he is doing what's best for the show most of this episode. And she's frustrated because she's not what's best for the show. Mm. And I like that in her kind of, like, this was kind of more focused on Gwen, whereas the last one was more focused on Bob, where they did the, you know, the the parallels of Lenny and, like, doing the stand-up bits and everything, yeah. to her just having those it's quick true. moments leading moments. up of the so MC good. moments, like, to parallel with Chicago yeah. into Razzle Dazzle, so when you had that payoff at the end, 
like it's it's always they're battling egos and what's going on and I feel like those two episodes back to back of him doing the Lenny thing and her doing the Chicago MC thing like back to back was a really nice awesome. moment yeah. so good and that's yeah. where we leave the episode um, that's where we get the end of our penultimate and now we just have the finale Run ahead of us uh, so with that, let's get into our special segment, our Fosse Fun Facts, where Amy's going to tell us a little bit about some things that were happening in the episode that were true, and maybe some that were exaggerated. Thank you, Steph, our lovely producer in the booth. <laughs> Thank you so much, Steph, because that's how I always enter a room. I don't know how you knew that. Um, so this is kind of a cool article that I found in the New York Post that kind of talks a little bit behind the scenes, but also about some of the specifics of what really was going on. So I thought it was a neat kind of like uh, over overlap here. But it's basically talking about the show and kind of where they're at right now and saying, um, so as the director, as, as, as Fosse, he changed tone and direction of the show for Chicago. He also relied on the talents of Broadway legend Cheetah Rivera, who's also played by uh, Blanca Marroquin. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. I may not be. Uh, who played Velma Kelly. Sorry, I'm going to look this up. Sorry. Thank I you. I think that she was in West Side Story on Broadway. Oh, that would be... God, she'd actually be really good. Okay. I'm, I'm like, envisioning her in West Side Story now. Um, but who played Velma Kelly to Verdon's Roxy Hart to help Verdon through some vocal rough patches. Um, so the Post spoke to Mariquin, who knows a thing or two about Fosse musicals. She's currently starring on Broadway in Chicago as Roxy Hart. So you may actually... Ah. So she's, you know, on yeah. the circuit right now. But um, so the, she was asked, when preparing for this role, did you get to meet Cheetah Rivera? I've known her for years and I've reached out. I said, Cheetah, this just happened to me. I need your blessing. I need to pick your brain. She was flying to London to do uh, concerts and didn't, and it didn't work out. She reached out the day of the premiere and said, I'm very excited to see you. It's your turn to shine. Followed up by, um, is it true that as we see in the series, Fosse changes what is supposed to be Gwen's big closing number in Chicago? So again, speaking of nowadays, yes, I've been told that by Nicole Fosse and other people that Bob wasn't satisfied with the closing number nowadays. Cheetah did stand up for Gwen, but Bob wanted to do it as a duet. Cheetah said it was Gwen's show, but Bob thought it would be more effective for them to do the duet. So I thought that was really interesting the way that they played that up because they really did have her really stand up for Gwen, not just like a, no, I, I don't want to, this is her, like, she really tried, like, you could mm-hmm. tell she was actually passionate about, no, this is Gwen's number, this is Gwen's show, I don't want to do this, yeah. not just like a quick throwaway, so I'm glad they really put the emphasis on that scene. Not to when I was wrong, she was not in uh, West Side Story, but she should be, because <laughs> she'd probably be great. <laughs> Anita! Yeah. But she was, in, she was in Beauty and the Beast, she was in Rent, Family Opera, Chicago, mm. uh, as well as Into the Heights. Oh, so in the Heights! Now we have the connection of uh, Lin-Manuel. There we go. Ah! <laughs> um, so let's get into our news and gossip with Miss Kim Davies. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So obviously this is a Chicago episode. So just a couple of bits and pieces on this. So the original production had 936 performances. The one with Gwen and, and Liza, right? 936. 1975 to 77. Um, and that was obviously Gwen's last show ever on Broadway. Bye-bye, Gwen. Mm. 1996 in the revival... Anne Raking, obviously Fosse's longtime lover, plays Roxy, and she actually choreographed that revival in obviously Fosse style. Um, they did 9,300 performances up until May not this month, 2019. So nearly 
10,000 performances wow. on Broadway. It's like been long, one of the longest shows ever with Phantom of the Opera, etc. That's insane. And then also, back in 2003 in Wellington, New Zealand, on Friday nights while at university, I used to get all my friends into my room with the Chicago CD, drinking wine, going crazy, and teaching them all about musical theatre. True story. Like it. I like that. <laughs> we know Chicago soundtrack from where to go off the top of our head, drinking uni styles. Great life. There you go. Um, all right, guys. Well, that about does it for us tonight. We are unfortunately out of time, so we're going to have to hold off on predictions. I'll just throw out one for all of us where I think it'll end. I think we're all agreed that in the next episode we'll find out his death. <laughs> Wait, he dies? What? Oh, <laughs> But until <laughs> next week, guys, where can they keep up with you to find any other things that they would like to chat about Farsi or Verdun? Well, she's getting over this uh, new fact. Um, everyone, you can find me at Kim Davy Live on all my social media. That's Kim Davy Live. And you, you can find me at Amy Maestri on Twitter and Instagram. And you guys can find me at Brie, B-R-I underscore Phipps, P-H-I-P-P-S on Twitter and Instagram as well. And we will see you all back here next week for the finale. Bye. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menounos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. <laughs> 